You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kasterman. Thanks for tuning in. I am joined by Scott Merkin. And Merk, you have survived yet another spring training, ready for yet another season. How are you feeling heading into 2016? You know, kind of like you're rounding third, heading for home, and hope you don't get nailed with a good throw from the outfield. I will say there's been a couple reports at different uh, different areas about rattlesnakes being seen around the area. So I think it's probably good to move on to San Diego soon at this point. I think that's a very good decision on your part. Um, I want to ask you just generally, let, let's take a look at this camp overall. Now, obviously, the, the story that made the biggest waves nationally was the Adam LaRoche situation, but... What, what for you was the, the biggest takeaway uh, from spring training camp? The, I don't know, the, the thing that's probably going to matter most as far as the regular season is concerned. Well, you know, I wrote that. I, I know this is kind of a, out there. It's not a, it's not a tangible stat, and people who follow those or live by those kind of balk at something like this. But I wrote a story the other day where I talked to Rick Hahn, and Rick Hahn said one of his coaches came up to him, like, the first week of the spring training. He didn't say which coach it was and said, you know, I can tell you from the teams I've been around in the past, you know, the teams that accomplish anything in the year, you can tell they have it early. And he says, and this team has it, has that vibe. So I think that's one of the things, and that's just representative of just kind of a different spring training. I mean, the other day they had they had messed up a couple rundowns during the week, and Robin took them out there on Friday, and they did some rundown drills. And, you know, there was no pouting, or as Robin said, if it wasn't done right or wasn't done correctly, it might have seemed like punishment, but they had fun with it. And, got it done and then on Saturday they got a rundown right on the money against against the Reds. So I just think it's been it, it's been a very sharp camp, but it's been a camp where you can tell there's a camaraderie there and there's something there's something different going on. You know, now I guess you could probably go from teams that are projected to win sixty games to teams that are projected to win hundred and five and probably get the same thing. But it just seems like a different level of energy from years past for the White Sox. And we'll see how that translates because I think they have some better talent too. We'll see how that com- combined to translate in a very competitive and balanced, what appears to be a very competitive and balanced AL Central. Yeah, it certainly should be competitive, tough to bottom. The White Sox, of course, uh, hoped to be in that competition last year and just didn't hit. So it's basically going to come down to that because we, we know they have a, a deep pitching staff. And on that oh, note, Merck, we're going to ask you for a couple bold predictions. Okay. And uh, because I have access to your predictions ahead of the general public, very special access on my part. I happen to know that they both involve the pitching staff, but uh, I want you to give me the first of your two bold predictions for the Chicago White Sox in 2016. I think this is the year that Chris Sale wins the Cy Young Award. And that is, uh, it's funny, I talked to some other pitchers around the league and some other some of his teammates, and they all kind of qualify it by no offense to anyone else, but Sales stuff is ridiculous. It's, as they say, you know, video game good at times. Just ask the Cubs in that 15 strikeout one hit game he threw against them last year, and the Cubs were a pretty darn good team, pretty darn good offense. And I think he really understands pitching about as well as he has in his career right now. So I think that combination, you know, he, he says he's trying to get early outs now. That's the, that's the line that him and Don Cooper, the White Sox pitching coach, have been going with. And I think it's Sometimes it's impossible for Sale not to strike out 10 in a game, which is kind of funny to say. But I think they just they understand better for the long haul, and I just think this is going to be his year. I think Chris Sale wins the AL Cy Young this year. I like it, Merck. Uh, obviously, this guy is an elite pitcher in this game, and uh, 
you know, he, he's right in those prime years. So this will be his age 27 season. I do fifth wonder. Fifth year as a starter. Fifth year as a starter, I believe. In, fifth year as a starter. Seventh overall, yeah. I do wonder, though, is your prediction uh, predicated upon him avoiding the Twins at all costs? For whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. the Twins were his bugaboo last year. He had an awful year against the Twins last year, but I think if you look back a couple years, it was the Indians. The year that the Indians basically, no offense to Mr. Francona and the Indians, but the year they went to the playoffs basically because the Sox were in the division. I think they finished 17-2 and against the Sox and won like 16 straight against them. And that year, the Indians killed them. So, I mean, I think he's, every pitcher has got that, you know, that one or two teams they go, they just are lights out against. And the one or two teams that get him in last year, it happened to be the Twins. I'll say part of the, the prediction is, I think the White Sox offense is going to be better. Maybe I should have predicted Quintana because he's the guy who probably lost about seven or eight wins last year because the offense was so miserable. But I, I think yeah. with the offense being better, that's going to you know help help all the pitchers, including Chris Sale. And I realize wins is a statistic that everyone you know uh, grimaces at. No one looks at wins anymore. But I'm just saying in general, I think that's going to give the pitchers a little more comfort zone. All right, Mark, uh, take me through prediction number two. Prediction number two is, I believe, and this, this is really going out on a limb, uh, Carson Palmer, the team's number one pick from the 2015 draft, eighth overall, if I remember correctly, and I think I do, will be in the majors by June of this season. I like that, too. Uh, obviously, the White Sox uh, have been known for their aggressiveness in this area, uh, you know, drafting drafting stud pitchers and, and turning them into big leaders quite quickly. Uh, what did what did you learn about Fulmer from his first spring training camp? Just um, that everything that's been said about him from his coach at Vanderbilt to Nick Hostetler, who, you know, helped draft him last year, scouted him, to Rick Hunt, everything that's been said about him is, is right on the money. He, he's a great kid. He's an intense competitor. He, he has a huge capacity, willingness to learn which I think, I think is the case of any young player, but it just really seems like Fulmer, a lot like Rodon, Carlos Rodon last spring, just came in and just listened and did what, you know, did what he was told. You know, Saturday night even, after he pitched his um, final Cactus League game, he was reassigned to the minor league camp. He'll, he'll begin in, as part of Birmingham, double-A Birmingham's rotation. Even then we asked him, you know, what, what do you think from here? And he just kind of laughed and he said, I just do what they tell me. You know, and, he, and he didn't say that in a bad way. He's just like, I'm just here to listen and learn, and that's it. You know, it helped that Chris Sale kind of took him under his wing in the offseason. They're both Florida natives. But I think Carson really made a point of kind of learning. First of all, he knows that his stuff can play at this level. Even if it is spring training, he knows it plays at this level right now. And second of all, he learned kind of what you need to kind of separate yourself to be, you know, a good pitcher or kind of a cut above. And just by watching, you know, Chris Sale work and just what, just what, just talking to John Banks and Chris Sale and, all the guys in the rotation, Jose Quintana, Matt Latos, just learning from veteran pitchers. And, and I really do believe, you know, right now the, the bullpen looks pretty well set, and Matt Latos appears to be the, the, you know, the number four starter or the fifth of the five starters. But I don't think the White Sox will hesitate if Carson Fulmer gives them that, that you know, extra edge to push him up to the big leagues, just like they did with Carlos Rodon last year. And it worked out well for Rodon last year, and now he's their, you know, third starter coming. I think I can add quickly that, you know, in general, their system is getting better. Sure, it's not, you know, in most cases, not even top 20 yet. But I think you look at a guy like Tim Anderson. He's got, depending on what happens with Jimmy Rollins, you know, he's got a shot to make a, a, a appearance this year. I think you look at a guy like um, Jacob May, who 
is a, a top, you know, on our on our top prospects list for the White Sox, and he's a guy who could come up, I suppose, if they're out of it and play more. But he's also a guy that, if they're in it, would be a great addition to the team because he plays great defense, knows how to work the small game, and can run. So they have some options at that minor league level now. But Carson Palmer right now is the one who stands out the most. And you got to think, uh, I mean, you mentioned Latos and also John Danks entering the last year of his contract. It just seems right. like the back end of the rotation, it, it could be a flexible sort of thing, which it always ends up, rotations end up flexible anyway because things happen, injuries and whatnot. But um, but certainly Danks in his final year and Latos, uh, we don't know what they're going to get from Latos. We have absolutely no idea. He had a miserable year last year. He had a rough spring training. Uh, he's on a one-year, $3 million deal, so you can understand where maybe the rope won't be, especially along with him, if, if things aren't working out. But um, is that correct, Mark? Do you just see some some potential for uh, some movement sure. in that rotation? And, you know, it should be an interesting to watch because I think never or not in a while is a is a good start in April more important to this team with with what they the sites they have set this year, the improvements they've made over the last two years. And this is in April where they have a lot of road games. They go they open in Oakland. They have one home weekend, and they go to Minnesota and Tampa, and then they finish the month in Toronto and Baltimore. So no no easy pickings there. I don't know if there are any really easy pickings in the American League, period. But on top of that, they have exactly one off day the entire month of April. I can't remember the last time I've seen that for a baseball team. And that's the day after the home opener in Minnesota for Minnesota, which is always kind of the Midwest weather safety net. So that's it. So they're going to need Matt Latos and John Banks, who <clears throat> has been great his last couple of starts. They're going to need those guys to, you know, work five, six, seven innings per start because they don't really have a pure long reliever. So it's yeah, it's, there's I don't know so much about short leash as in like two, three starts and that's it. But there certainly is an opportunity, not an opportunity, but a chance for Palmer to step in there. You know, in the sense that they could move him quickly if things don't work out well. Do you feel similarly as, as you did uh, going into spring? I know you, you kind of, I don't know if I'm the fence is the right term, Merck, but as far as this, this team's chances of, of legitimately contending for a playoff work, obviously they made some movement uh, this winter. Do you think they had done enough combined with what you saw this spring? How how, uh, how frisky are you feeling about the White Sox going into <laughs> It might sound like a little bit of a cop-out, but I think they're in it, but I think I've said this a hundred times now. I think I said it a thousand times last time, but we'll drop it down to a hundred to be more realistic. I think, I don't know if you agree on this, Anthony, I think any team in that division, the Royals to me are the favorite. I know the Royals are not a big sabermetric favorite for some reason, but I think they're the favorite when you have a team who's, you know, two-time defending AL champs, defending World Series champs with their core back. I realize their pitching's changed some. They're the favorite, but I really think, in honest and honesty, any team in that division could finish first. And any team in that division could finish fifth and win 78 games. So I think it's going to be that good. And Robin had a great quote that I used the other day where, you know, basically one week where you play bad and you could just get buried by this division. So that's how it's going to be, I think. It's, it, it's really, you know, it, you, you, can't get, you can't get too far behind. As long as you stay kind of even keel. I mean, yeah, they'd love to start out 19-9 and, 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 you know, go from there. But you just can't do the opposite. You can't get 10 or 11 games under and have to fight just to get to 500 you know, to, to, to get into, into contention. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the AL Central and the AL East, for me, are the, are the two divisions that are probably the toughest to predict for the very reason you say. Uh, you can make an argument for or against uh, any club in both of those divisions. And, 
you know, one thing about the White Sox, and, and we've mentioned it before with the LaRoche situation, is, is the money freed up by that. And who knows? Maybe that makes the White Sox dangerous uh, on or before the trade deadline. Uh, the ability to uh, already an already an aggressive minded team to begin with. So yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think that adds to it, and it could be this week. It could be in the next month. You know, you, you never know yeah. when they're gonna when they're gonna strike. All right. Well, we'll continue to check in with Scott Merkin throughout the regular season. I want to thank him for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.